Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings, and 10 years ago, I gave up my live streaming career as a radio presenter with one big regret, never getting to interview my hero, the legendary British musician, Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul. So here's a pretty cool thing. Last Thursday night at the Roundhouse, I was there front row, Villagers, the UK tour. The latest album is fabulous, by the way. And who rocks up? Yes, Mr. Weller as a guest playing on stage. They did the Soul Searchers together from the album True Meanings. It was fabulous. And then a proper, proper guitar rock out at one point as well. You can check out the video on my YouTube channel. Now, in this episode, I'm joined by the world-class musician, praise singer, pioneer, composer, drummer, and chora master, Seiku Keita. Since arriving in the UK from Senegal in the late 90s, he has made a name for himself as one of the foremost innovators operating in African music today, regularly smashing out five-star album reviews and multiple awards, including the BBC Radio 2 Folk Award for Musician of the Year in 2019. He's one of the most influential and inspiring chora players of his generation, a true master of this fascinating instrument, and more about that in our chat. Seiku played with Paul as part of the Africa Express Presents concert in 2016 and last year he remixed rockets from on sunset for a new ep from paul so let's get into it hey seiku thanks for joining me no worries thank you dad we're going to talk about your links with mr weller we're going to talk about your work and your your amazing achievements in that area too but as we kick it off with the paul weller fan podcast tell me when it was that you first discovered the music of paul weller because i know that you came to the uk in the late 90s you were 21 years old was paul weller a thing back home well, it's really interesting question. I mean, Paul Weller, you know, yes, no, he was around me musically without me notice, I have to be honest, because my ex-partner, my friends around the UK when I arrived in the late 90s, I mean, 99, 98, sorry. They were, this music was something that they would talk about and they listened to. And I didn't know, make that relationship personally quickly you know they don't notice us like okay this guy exists this is music so it's like to me 
a popular and well-known music around the UK that people would listen to. You hear the radio, you know, you hear some people listening to it. So I wasn't really focused on know who's Pale Paul well I was at the time. So he's been around, but I <laughs> didn't click it. Still very late in uh, the tour that been organized by, by uh, Africa Express by Diamond, Al- Diamond Album with some, you know, figure artists. So I was one of the future artists part of that tour. And it happened that Paul Weller was there, you know, part of that bill, you know. So we did this amazing tour with the Syrian orchestra that haven't got the chance to play for almost five years because of what's going on in Syria. So that was the whole thing. And I met Paul first time was in Holland. So this was concerts, 12 days. Five concerts, yeah. and and yeah. was Paul there for everyone, or was he just there for the, well, the Royal Festival he, Hall? Or he he was in few of them. He was for the Royal Festival Hall. He was for the Holland one. He was in some places, but not for all of it, to be honest. Because the Holland one, I saw him, and I didn't know. They just I'm just uh, overnight. They asked me, "How oh, do you mind joining this song called Wildwood?" And then I said, "Oh, okay." How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Paul's then, attempt. Course, Wildwood was Paul's attempt at writing a classic folk song. And the fact exactly. that he wrote it like nearly 30 years ago now. And it, it does it, amazing yeah. and amazing. And I heard it's really casual. I said, oh, this is beautiful. This is like, wow. So to me, it was kind of new. I feel like it had been written about, you know, the same year, <laughs> not 30 years ago. <laughs> and I heard it and I said, okay, listen to the, the night before I went to bed. Because um, they asked me to look for it, and then I went to listen. One of the organizers that worked with uh, them, and then I and I wake up, and then on stage, then I have no clue. You know, I played uh, Paul there, and you know, do my part. You know, the usual sacred kid approach into into the folk music and the style of it. I happened to take um, a snap picture. You know, like what artists do when you have to do your social media. Sometime took a picture in a group of us there, and then put it off and then I have all these relative and close friends that I said oh my god he and Paul Vela who? Paul Vela who? <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> and that probably helps you to not be phased doesn't it so you know if you were starstruck that's not what you want but you do this thing there's, the Royal Festival Hall is uh, the whole concert is available on YouTube which people should dig into right. it's brilliant and then you're right it's Africa Express which was a project like Damon Albarn from Gorillas and Blur led project yep. there's some great people involved but you do this incredible version of, of Wildwood and we'll, we'll talk about your instrument in a second but <laughs> the joy on your face my friend you are loving every second of that concert <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was really like you know it was an amazing collaboration I would like to say you know playing with those great musicians that've been there and did a lot of good stuff and also really ready to share I think that's the main thing you know because I'm just sharing because I feel like the way I will voice my music is to share and sharing you know while we'll, you know what Paul just looking at me in the corner with the thumbs going up all the time like nice one yes yes very good cool then we keep going <laughs> so I was jolly smiling Happy, and there was, of course, Baseku, that is Malian Goni player also joining all the numbers. So Wildwood was sometimes one that I've sit down really, I love that song. And then Paul's voice, his way is right. It's just like, wow. You know, and I become a new kind of uh, follower, a friend, you know, also fan. And then it was so natural and Paul was so natural about it. And we had a chat and change phone numbers and talk about the future, you know, and it was a beautiful 
setup. The Holland one was the first one we did in Holland, the festival, the first show. And then the second one was in the Royal Festival Hall. Of course, it's all available out there. It was a yeah. beautiful night. Yeah. Beautiful well, night. I have to say, and, if, you, if people haven't seen it, they should watch it. They should. The album's available as well, the recording of the concert. Um, you have to yeah. tell me about the Cora because, well, I guess there's two things, right? So music for you is properly in the blood. I mean, it was the, it's been the family business for at least three centuries, I understand. Indeed. Sadly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an addiction that runs through the family, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Can't, can't avoid it. So it was there, born around it. Basically, in my story, my father's site in the 13th century, you know, they were recognized as the king family, the royal family. But my mother's side are the griot, the music family where the chorus is around. So it was you know, part of my blood. I was born in the family, grew up. You know, getting trained how to build my own instrument, which is the Kora, spelled K-O-R-A, and play with two thumb and two fingers, kind of like a harp. It's one of those national Senegalese national instrument that well known, even in, in our, you know, singing anthem is 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 Kora. And in Philippines, two vocora, you know, tune all your Kora, and then of course a song carry on. So the Kora is a main heart in the Senegalese. Art, Senegalese music, Senegalese culture. It's a big old instrument to carry around, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Well, you know, you know it, it it have been, and then you know, people are more creative to make it like traveling ones. Uh, but I always fight between against having like a a little box of electric, you know, almost like guitar, and then have a real such a guitar. So it's that's the difference. I have to have. I have to be somewhere like, you know, because the caliber sound, the big of the gold is, is important. That's where the resonant acoustic sound come nicely. So people now created even like the bass guitar looking body ones just to be able to travel in flight. But I always have my flight cases that I basically pull along. I'm not tired. They keep me strong. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well, no, it's a lovely, lovely sound. And um, But yours is unique in terms of the number of strings. Is that right? The one I play has got 22 strings. And then, of course, the famous one that people play around is 21 strings. And there's a story behind that as well. What my grandfather told me when I've grown with, like, the 22 string was the original one played. But because of the first ever human being that played the chorus, which was called Jalimadi Wuleng. Jalimadi Wuleng means Madi, the red grill, when he passed away. So he's a fellow artist, Creole musician, took one strings as a commemorial to him. So since then, Cora becomes 21 strings. What the legend story about it. So this is where, but where I come from, which is a southern part of Senegal, and also part of the Gambia, we play up to 22 strings still. So that's what I'm trying to play. It's an extra bass note in the middle which kind of add into the groove, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've talked to that on the podcast with people talking about how it's, it's hard enough learning the bass guitar, which has four strings, the normal guitar, six strings. It feels like the Cora feels to me like as an outsider, it's like becoming a Jedi. So like in Star Wars, right? So it's like you're a Jedi apprentice and this thing is the lightsaber and you have to yeah. learn how to use this and then eventually you become a fully trained Jedi, which is where you are right now. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear that way. I've never been discovered that way. Yeah, I'll take that as a credit. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like it seems like that because it's it a is. proper like mission that you have to go on to. Um, True. To kind of and, and I know you are to kind of keep the instrument alive as well. That's a really key part yeah. for you, isn't it? It's part of it because it's, it's uh, you know I think for all tradition I believe it's like tradition is the everyday living. So you revolt as you go, you extend, but you have to prevent also keep what the originality of it. So the core was something like that. You know, two into two strings that I have to go through with two thumbs two fingers or so left thumb play the bass line the right thumb 
play the melody at the same time. So you get these two things thumb going and then the two fingers improvised at the same time. So on top of that, you try and sing. So it's like five elements. And this is, you have to get a really rigorous. My grandfather was a rigorous trainer. So I have from early age, really hardly trained to how to, how to get that going. So it gets to a point that when I start traveling, I have to open my own door to the Cora, be more creative and, you know, create my own tuning style and to be able to play with all the music around the world. So, yeah, I was sitting in the mission and the younger people are also coming, you know, we are, we are using sometimes pedals and if you want, like, you know, I'm not crazy into pedal, like, wow, wow, pedal or stuff like that. But <laughs> to certain extent, you know, beautiful pedal sounds that really add the beauty into the Cora. I do, I do use them sometimes. Okay, okay. Well, and we should say that the Cora has featured with Paul Weller. So I have this here, which is On Sunset, the remixes. And we chatted with a super Ahmad who had done the remix for On Sunset. But you're there, side A, track three, Rockets, and you've done the remix. So how did that come about? That was basically, it was, again, Paul, you know, we've been in touch trying to find a way to do something together. And of course, he's a busy man. He got a lot going on and I've become busy as well. A lot going on. I've never find the right time to do anything. In the lockdown, the only way we could get stuff going is just to start somewhere. You know, any collaboration, you have to have a, a, a beginning of something. So Paul have done is this amazing Sunset, you know, album that really went really out there and then he's trying to do it with first. He just, you know, I didn't know it was a remix. Just like, send me the voice, voice and rock it. Like, you know, yeah, go on. Trust me, do something with it. Okay. That's a big trust. All right, I work on it. <laughs> what do you get all these layered these layered files, like the isolated voice file on on an email? Do you? Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was at home, so in my on my um, uh, home base, basically, you know, uh, studio, and my you know on my cellar downstairs, I have my vest. So I just have this, you know, pull well on his voice, and without click, then I got to create something around it. And to be honest, I then I don't have a clue what was rocket was played in the, in the original one. Which was a good thing, in fact, because then I feel like it's Paul and I, you know, I need to create something there. And of course, then I start working and then beautifully going. And then, of course, there's a strings attached to that string side of that. We also send separately. And then, of course, I work with my lovely all-time friend and engineer and um, lovely working guy, Tom Colvin, that based in London. He worked on a lot of my album, my first ever album. <laughs> he wow. recorded it. So... We have this relationship. We understand each other, the language wise. So it was amazing. Then, you know, working, I was busy doing that. We're doing all the stuff like Lost World, you know, album at the same time, working with some project of my own, which was now or never a single. I was working with a lot of musicians. So it was really kick on. And then he was really like, oh my God, safety you're taking a lot there. What are we going to do with Paul? What are we going to do with this? So he was really helped in order to push it. And then uh, that's why I was, it was fair to credit him as also part of the co-producer right. of that, right. that particular song. And how does it work? Do you do the track, send it to Paul, get some feedback, do some tweaks? Or do, is it, you do it in one go, he loves it, it's done? But amazingly, I did it one go. I mean, we, first of all, I did one go. I sent him, I just said, how about this? And then Paul just sort of jump into it, you know, like text like, wow, this is different. This is beautiful. That was all, this is great. Fantastic. How do you want this to be created? That's it. <laughs> he was really happy with it as he hear it. And then the well, funny thing was, that I think it was also for Paul to discover my voice. And then he said, who is singing there, by the way? <laughs> That's a beautiful voice. I said. Oh, you know, because when we do the Africa Express tour, I was playing Cora. There's no way I haven't, I haven't used my voice at all in any of the numbers that we've been working on because there's so many of us, <laughs> a bit of space to fill. So the voice was something that I didn't use at all. So I think it was kind of 
feel like, oh, wow. I said, yeah, it was me then. And he really loved it. So, and I love his sound, his voice. And I have to find a way to come with his higher, you know, voice just to, you know, to get a bit of a, you know, a meeting point and then, and, and using less of my lows and stuff like that. But it was fun. It was a really big fun to, to work with just Paul's voice and then the core I put in, then my voice and then the strings come and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I love the journey of it. It was really emotional to work on that. Then it's afterwards that I realized that in fact, it's going to be a remix out there. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. No, it's cool. And, and to actually see it in like an actual record on vinyl and your credits there and all that is, is, is brilliant. I mean, I don't know how you found the time to do that because you are so busy and, and I know you need to get off to the studio in a sec. So um, I just wanted to dig into some of the work that you've done with um, with Catherine Finch particularly, which yeah. was the um, it was a harpist from Wales and this beautiful combination of sound that the two of you make, which is, yeah, I mean, you been hugely successful touring the world. You won Best Duo at the, the British Folk Awards with Radio 2 and you won Musician of the Year at the, the same year. That work that you do together is really lovely and Soar is a brilliant album. Yeah, it's an amazing project to be honest and I always said it's a project that I yeah, gain another success project that I came into accidentally, you know, <laughs> without knowing that I was going to be part of it because it was originally planned for Catherine and Tumani to do a little tour five days around Wales. And then, of course, at the time I was in, uh, in uh, doing a show for the UN in, in, in uh, Rome, in Italy. So I got this phone call from my ex-manager, John, that called me in to come and basically save the day because Tumani was stuck oh. in Mali because of the coup at the time. So then the story go and I arrived, Catherine, first time, have no clue playing with a chorus player or the African music side of it. So I have to basically prepare the show for them to do it and bring the repertoire and we'll basically plan with her as, you know, Tumani's part. And of course, with the respect of my tradition, I have to call Tumani first to make sure he's happy with it and then, and on. So anyway, that went ahead. We did the show. I mean, they invited me in two shows, which one went in uh, Swansea, another one in Cardiff. I joined them as a trio. And of course, from the beginning of the rehearsal and that show, there was a click, musically click that happened between me and Catherine, you know, that was there. People can see it. We can see it ourselves. So, of course, people that have the project then decided to have an album just between Catherine and I. So it all kicked off from that. First album release, second album was so that I voluntarily took to produce myself, which was a very a big challenge because the first one did so well. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like, what I'm going to do with the second one? Now I left alone to do it, to produce it, you know, and it was an amazing achievement. And that album also came out even uh, highly better than the first one. So it was, it was a beautiful achievement. And I love that project. And, you know, all of this, as I said, for me, it's a journey. You know, everything have its journey. You know, Catherine Seiko have their journey. You know, Paul Weller was something that I have big respect for that guy, the way he played music and, and just human. Paul is a very respect, you know, like still now, he doesn't call me my name. He just called me brother. You know, you know, I'll call him big brother. <laughs> so, you know, he, he, he's beautiful, you know, and Catherine, of course, there's always this nice relationship that if you have that with musicians, the music seemed to be something that flow easily because you have this element of respect to each other yeah. and the friendship, you know, and, you know, admire each other's talents, you know, which is, which is, which is what's happening for, for most of my collaboration. It's a lovely piece of work, I have to say. And you can hear these kind of, these two cultures kind of coming together, but actually like the music of, of West Africa mixed with her music from Wales. But there's a lot of similarities between the two and a lot of connections between you, obviously. There is, there is a lot of similarities because as I always say, sometimes the melodies, Wales melodies and Senegalese music melodies, especially the chorus side of it, that's so 
we found some similarity that I just stopped for a second. I said, you know what? This sounds like our ancestors sometimes, somehow, some point, somewhere in the spiritual life been speaking to each other <laughs> physically. So we are just the channels, the speakers of it because there's some nice similarities there. And of course, being an open-minded artist has I collaborate a lot and Katrina has been also uh, open-minded artist. So we find the fees you know, not to took over, but, you know, to meet somewhere musically, which is a great thing. So sometimes it's hard to get that if you don't find the artists that are willing to collaborate, willing to go halfway, you know, yeah. not full way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how do you find, so the, the mixture of collaboration versus your own solo stuff? Well, I, I find both of them okay, you know, I mean, because the first time you just feel like you'd be stressed, but then when you do one, the second one becomes easier. I think anything in life that you learn. So, of course... You know, in performance with two people, <laughs> less stress than one person. You know, four is less stress than two people, as you see. But then I enjoy playing solo because for me, that's where I can really speak. That's really where I can give my insight, how, how, I don't know how I call it, my musical knowledge, but also my possibilities and also my limits. You know, these two come out, you know, nicely because I appreciate you know, what I can and what I can't. And I think that solo thing, there's always a pressure, but then it's more, you need more energy to do a solo show or solo album than having a duo because you feel like, you know, if it's 10 songs, you have to come up with five, <laughs> maybe, pre-written, you know, and then of course the second person get in and find his own way, you know, to, to jump on it. That's the difference of like having a, a solo album. You have to compose the 10 songs. You have to make sure they, they kind of, you know, diversity is there. The vari the variation of the songs are there. You know, because if you're own, on your own and have less experience of writing, you might end up playing the same key, the same song, the same style, the same way. You know, and the end of having looking at after spending months of composing, then you listen to the song and said, "What's that? What did I have?" Was I drunk? Was I stoned? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and then they start asking because so it is is a challenge, but I love working on both of it you know because okay. they all have their direction now you're off to the studio now it never stops uh, we've already had homeland your new single yeah. this year which was uh, another beautiful piece of work i have to say are you off to the studio to work on more of your solo stuff with somebody else what, what's the plan for the rest of this year and, and beyond well there is a lot going on as you can see uh, homeland was the latest one which was really a hard work and a beautiful you know pushing work that i really enjoy doing because um as to be honest i've collaborated a lot in the west but i, I I have less collaboration in homeland, for example, in Senegal or, you know, beyond in Africa in general. So this year was with the lockdown, I've been a lot of thinking and, I, and an important part came to me in my, you know, after the lockdown, what I've been through the pandemic. And I realized one thing, two things are important. First is family, you know, and because my life, I do maybe 120 shows a year. So around the globe, really have less time to see my family, you know, and my kids and, you know, stuff like that. So the pandemic kind of, forced me to sit down and have time with the family and see them, which is amazing achievement, to be honest. There's negative on the panel, but also positive side of it as well. And you, and you found you got on all right with the family. <laughs> yeah, it, you, know, you know, every family, it, it took a bit of a time, you know. <laughs> get used to, to get used to being there, you know, flights of, you know, here to, to, to uh, uh, South America or here to wherever, you know, traveling to all over the US or 
Europe, yeah. then suddenly you're stuck in the house, you the same <laughs> every day, same movement. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice feeling to go, oh, I do like you lot. Oh, good. <laughs> exactly. So you get to person, oh my God, you know, I was missing all of this now. This is beautiful. So that was important. The second thing was home, where, where I come from. So that's why, you know, Homeland became a tribute that I composed when I was in Senegal. I spent quite a few months there and reconnect to Baba Mal. In fact, Baba Mal even supposed to be in the Africa Express tour with Paul Vella, and Baba Mal couldn't make it when we were going to um, Turkey, you know, because he couldn't make it. And the diamond was there, Paul Kahn couldn't make it, but Baba Mal was supposed to join us, but he couldn't make it. He was talking on the phone. He ended up going to Senegal because the president of Senegal needed him for something else. But anyway, he's an amazing guy, and he's a great collaborator. A beautiful, uh, humble man, and like you know, sitting with Baba Mal in our tradition, going to his house, just eating with him, you know, is really to share because he will pick his own food, like a meat on his side, and give it to you. So it's beautiful. Of it. That's the sign for sharing, you know. You know, before even going to the studio. So Homeland was a tribute, and it was a, it was, it was a good thing to do for me. And now, of course, things carry on. There's, there might be some stuff coming on really, really, really soon in in a couple of months time. Okay, okay. Yeah. And back out on the road soon as well. I saw there's, there's tour dates with you and Katrine, I think, actually, you know, coming up as well, aren't there? Yeah, there's tour kicking off, you know, Katrine and myself. There's probably t- autumn tour coming up as well, you know, with, with Omar Sosa. Also solo stuff in between happening and also, you know, probably some stuff coming with some project with Akatrio. So it's all hanging there, you know, but they're all going to come out one at a time. I'm taking it easy this time, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan, my friend. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Hey, look, this has been so lovely to talk to you. I really appreciate your time because I know you've got to get off as well. I have two final questions for you. You're allowed one Paul Weller song for the rest of your life. It can be The Jam, The Style Council. I'm not even sure if The Jam and The Style Council is a thing for you if they ever entered your world. Or it can be Paul Weller solo. Which song are you going to pick? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to be Paul Weller solo if I want to be the same side of it. Because <laughs> I love... <laughs> I love what he does on his own. You know, of course, I love the jam and I heard the jam, but I think there's something about, you know, again, for me, he's really determined, like I said earlier, for my, I can take it from my, if you're hearing someone on his own, you know, you know, his possibility, but also his limit. I think for me, is important. So I will go for that reason. <laughs> I will go for Paul Weller solo. And is there a particular song that stands out for you? Any, any particular oh, song? Well, any, any, any of those that will work for me. You pick it. I'll, I'll go for it. As, <laughs> as long as as long as it's Paul himself there. Final question. The purpose of this podcast not only is to talk to lovely people like you who have connections with Paul, but it's for me to get the final interview, uh, the interview with Paul that I never managed during my radio career. If that happens, what do you think I should ask him? <laughs> well, one question, ask him how he's managed to keep going, still going strong in his composition and musically. You know, he's been around, you have done it and did it again and still doing it. How? Because it's, I think this is important for any newcomers, people like, you know, call me like me and others to to learn from that because it's, it's great. And Paul, also, how is he keeping fit? <laughs> how he does that too? This is the two questions I will ask. <laughs> You're right, because there's two things. There's two things on that. One is that kind of motivation to keep, you know, that self motivation to keep going. I want to invent something new. I want to try something new. And you know, and after 40 years, I don't know. You know, that's obviously within him, isn't it? Deeply within him. But you're right. There's nothing yeah. to it. He looks as fit as he did when he was an 18 year old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He need to tell us that secret, right? <laughs> not, not not only to not only to me, but to the broad <laughs> the Paul Weller fan base. 
Good to know that. <laughs> all of us, all of us. Yeah, uh, this has been yeah. so lovely. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Um, I've loved no every second of this, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Dan. All the best. What a lovely chap. My thanks once again to Seiku Keita. Since recording that conversation, he has released another new album called Suba. This one recorded with Omar Sosa, one of Cuba's most prolific jazz pianists. You can find plenty of links in the show notes for this podcast, including the full concert with Paul Weller, Damon Albarn, and the Orchestra of Syrian Music. Musicians. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please follow and leave a review. It really does help us to find new listeners and please share on your social media channels. You can even buy me a coffee and find all the information about my guests in the show notes. Get in touch on Twitter at WellerFanPod or on Instagram and Facebook. It's Paul Weller Fan Podcast. I'll see you next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.